0: hey there everybody and welcome to this video on how do I set and maintain boundaries I'm your host Dr Donnelly Snipes we're briefly going to review the types of boundaries and then we're going to talk about how to set healthy boundaries that aren't too weak or too rigid and then maintain them so what are they how do I set them and how do I maintain them let's first talk about what weak boundaries may do to a person what are the symptoms of weak boundaries people with weak boundaries often feel unsafe their physical boundaries their affective or emotional boundaries uh, cognitive boundaries environmental relationships all of those boundaries or if any of those boundaries is weak then people may fear intrusion by people that they don't want intruding exhaustion well when your boundaries are weak so you're not feeling safe then you're going to be more hyper which leads to exhaustion feeling like nobody understands or respects you when people cross your boundaries violate your boundaries it feels disrespectful they may not intentionally be violating your boundaries however if your boundaries are too weak and you're not able to assertively say hey that's that's you're crossing a line there then you may feel disrespected or misunderstood so we're going to talk a lot about assertiveness and the importance of not expecting mind reading even of people in your own family or in your own culture uh, it's important to communicate to people what your boundaries are people with weak boundaries always feel like a victim because other people are often violating their boundaries again I would hypothesize that there are a few people in their life that intentionally violated their boundaries however because they have a difficulty setting or maintaining those boundaries a lot of people inadvertently cross their boundaries and that leads leads them to feeling feeling victimized people with weak boundaries often absorb other people's energy they walk into a room and if other people are angry then they start feeling angry or stressed out if other people are depressed they start feeling depressed now especially weak emotional boundaries are very common in people who grew up in addicted or codependent households because the person with the addiction or the person with the codependency often uh, was the one that regulated or ruled over the household don't talk don't trust don't feel you feel however that person feels you believe whatever that person believes otherwise there's going to be heck to pay lack of ability or willingness to be honest about thoughts wants and needs that means people with weak boundaries often don't listen to their inner voice this may come because they never learned how to set strong boundaries but a lot of times this happens as a result of some sort of adverse childhood experience where it wasn't safe to set boundaries it wasn't safe to tell people what their thoughts wants and needs were so they quit doing it and they just said okay whatever i'll just i'll just go along if it keeps the peace people with weak boundaries are often very chameleon like they let other people define them they will um, affirm beliefs of other people just to get approval they will allow things that they wouldn't normally want to allow but in order to receive approval they may do so people with weak boundaries have guilt for saying no they somewhere along the way were taught or learned that it wasn't safe to say no whether it wasn't safe because you would be punished or it wasn't safe because you were scolded or rejected for setting and maintaining boundaries people with weak boundaries have difficulty making decisions and lack a sense of control for all of the aforementioned reasons people with rigid boundaries lack intimacy in all of their areas every place there's a rigid boundary they don't let people in they have a wall that is four feet thick and made of you know lead and it goes all the way up to outer space if you want to think about it that way rigid boundaries say no if you've watched my other video on what boundaries are I've made the analogy that boundaries are think boundaries like your house and you have the ability to choose who you let in you have the ability to choose where they go in your house and how long they stay boundaries are the same way your physical boundaries you have the ability to choose who you let come into your physical space how long you let them stay and what permissions if you will they're allowed and your physical boundaries are probably very different between your kid and your friend and your parent and somebody you don't even know and that's okay physical boundaries are not going to be the same for everybody but it's important to know what feels comfortable for you affective boundaries are your emotional boundaries and a lot of times when we talk about intimacy or think about intimacy we think physical boundaries and sex and intimacy is about so much more intimacy is about physical emotional cognitive and relationship intimacy so your your affective intimacy is your willingness to let your significant other know how you feel your willingness to say you know what I feel this way about this situation or this is a dream or a hope that I have about and and when you think about affective boundaries you may be going well I'm not really sure think about what things are you willing to share with your best friend or your significant other and what things what emotions are you willing to share with your co-worker or your boss okay you're not going to have affective intimacy with your boss for sure probably not your co-worker you're going to share things that are more private more personal more closer to your heart with the people that are uh, you're more intimate with cognitive intimacy is similar to affective in- intimacy Affects are is your emotions cognitions are your thoughts and in this day and age of cancel culture a lot of times people don't feel safe sharing their thoughts about things and so their cognitive boundaries may be very rigid they may have difficulty being willing to tell people what their opinion is or what they think about something because they're afraid of the consequences cognitive intimacy is just as important as every other type of intimacy think about again what thoughts um perspectives, those sorts of things. Do you share with your significant other or your your closest friend? And what do you share with somebody on, on the train or the subway or a coworker? You're probably not sharing the exact same things. There are things you're going to tell the people that you're more intimate with that you're not going to tell people that you may be friendly with like a coworker, but there's not intimacy there environmental boundaries or environmental intimacy uh this one's a little dicey uh, because intimacy and environment kinda is hard to put those two together but your environment is your stuff your space physical intimacy is your body how close do you let people get to you eye contact those sorts of things environmental intimacy is what do you feel comfortable letting people do going through your stuff reading your diary uh borrowing your shirts whatever and we're going to talk about these in depth but if you have rigid environmental boundaries then your significant other may feel shut out in some ways if you have a dresser and it's yours and they are not to go in that dresser under any circumstances but you've been married for 10 years you know that might indicate a a excessively rigid boundary and then relationship intimacy and this is who you have share your friendships with and who you tell about your friendships who you share your recreations with if you are for example somebody who goes to church and has a church family you may not tell everybody about your church family because you may think that that's not safe or appropriate with those people you're not intimate with Uh, but people that you're more intimate with you're going to share about your friends you're going to share about the people you enjoy feeling uh, spending time with so rigid boundaries ultimately rigid boundaries keep people out and they don't let them in they don't even consider letting them in and there's obviously between letting them stroll in unchecked and not letting them in at all there's a lot of room in between and that's what we're going to talk about today people with rigid boundaries uh, just don't have that sense of intimacy with others they don't have people that they can share their feelings their thoughts their stuff with Uh, rigid boundaries keep people from wanting to listen to other people's input it's like no i have my opinion i don't care what yours is you know stay out you don't care about other people's problems again I got my own problems you've got yours fine good luck to you people with rigid boundaries often have superficial relationships because they're not sharing anything that is important to them they're not letting people know the the real them because that wall is there and they also tend to have rigid rules about things many people's boundaries vary depending on the person obviously you're going to act one way towards a child and a different of yours and a different way towards a stranger you met on the street likewise you may act differently towards a friend than a neighbor or two two strangers you may interact with differently based on their occupation or just ways that they make you feel they may trigger prior memories and you may have a trans what we call a transference uh, reaction but you're going to have different boundaries when somebody comes to my door if they're wearing a delivery uniform you know I'm really happy to see them if somebody comes to my door and they ain't wearing a delivery uniform I'm not so happy to see them I'm like what do you want And they're both strangers but one I see a purpose for and so one I might open the door for the other one not so much your boundaries may vary depending on the situation what you share what you talk about what you do may depend on your health um well I guess that goes down to your personal state but also the situation at work you're going to have different boundaries than at home and you're going to have different boundaries at home than you may have when you're at your aunt's house or your parents house recognizing that uh, you may be more comfortable for example with public displays of affection or displays of affection in your own home but you're not comfortable with them when you're visiting your parents you know so the situation may dictate your personal state may also dictate your boundaries sometimes when you're anxious when you're depressed when you're exhausted there's a lot of reasons you just can't deal it's like I I can't deal with one more person's stuff and you have to put up those boundaries you lock that door and say you know what I just I can't I I don't have the energy and there are other times when you're feeling pretty good and you are eager to hear about other people's opinions their thoughts their feelings their wants their needs you're eager to help because you've got the energy so your boundaries may vary depending on your personal physical and emotional state and your reactivity sometimes and people will go from having overly rigid boundaries and saying you know what no I'm not going to let you in I'm not going to share anything with you but then if that person says okay fine you know I'll I'll go do something else then the person with the rigid boundaries may all of a sudden tear down those walls and have no boundaries at all and be like okay or maybe in one relationship they had really weak boundaries and they felt like they got walked all over and then the next relationship they overcompensate and have really rigid boundaries which causes a whole different set of problems so you can see how boundaries may change and setting healthy boundaries and maintaining them is the key whole lot easier said than done but let's talk about some ways to do that physical boundaries are your boundaries involving touch eye contact and personal space if you're a parent you've probably heard the your children in the back saying you know mom Sean's looking at me or dad Susie's touching me that is one child invading another child's personal space that's invading their boundaries and physical is really personal space but we also have those physical boundaries that involve eye contact and I think we've all been in situations before where somebody either hasn't made enough eye contact with us and we've felt ignored or disrespected or somebody made way too much eye contact with us and we felt um, intimidated knowing your boundaries is really important you don't have to justify your boundaries knowing them and saying this is what makes me comfortable this is what makes me uncomfortable is the first step too weak and too rigid Too weak physical boundaries you're going to be letting people touch you hug you look at you um, get in your personal space when you're not comfortable and you're going to sit there and you're going to tolerate it and you're going to hate every moment and feel unsafe overly rigid physical boundaries you keep everybody literally at arm's length and so people don't have the opportunity to give you a hug or to make the eye contact Uh, physical boundaries are more often than not problematic when they're too weak overly rigid physical boundaries can be the result of pain for example Uh, my daughter has fibromyalgia and touch especially when she's having a flare-up touch really hurts her so it's important for me to ask before I give her a hug before I even just walk behind her and like pat her on the back or something because I don't want to violate her boundaries and it's I don't know what they are on any given day healthy boundaries is your ability to modify and assert your boundaries as needed based on person context or preference so in this moment with this person what is my boundary and and like i said earlier it can change if you have a physical boundary of um it's okay to be affectionate at home but it's not okay to be the same type of affectionate when you're at your parents house or when you're out in public then it's important for the other person to know and not just have to guess you know what's going on here if you're putting up a boundary it can be helpful to explain why especially if you're changing the boundary on someone Um, I've mentioned in some of my other videos that I've got arthritis and when my arthritis is acting up it is really painful for my husband to hold my hand and it feels like my little fingers are just going to absolutely explode and so that's uncomfortable for me and it tends to be worse especially if if I'm hot if we're out hiking in the heat and stuff then that tends to be more problematic Uh, so it's important for me to not just say don't touch me but to say that hurts don't do that right now that hurts he understands you know if I just suddenly say don't do that then he might start wondering what's going on I've held her hand for 20 years what's going on now you don't have to go into huge justifications or rationales but it can keep the other person from getting their feelings hurt if you are um suddenly or seemingly suddenly changing changing the rules on them let them know what's different you know touch is okay at home in private not so much when we're out in the middle of a restaurant or whatever makes you comfortable same thing if you want to let somebody in don't expect mind reading if you want them to give you a hug if you want them to hold your hand if you want them to gaze into your eyes whatever it is you want them to do especially if you've told them not to do it in the past don't expect them to know when it's okay to do it in the present now like I said that's easier said than done because a lot of us have been operating on autopilot for so long we're not even sure what our boundaries are What did you learn about physical boundaries from your past experiences? How did you learn to set boundaries? Think of times this, your physical boundaries had been violated. When did you allow it or tolerate it? You know Think of a time that you allowed your boundary to be violated. Was it a decision? My daughter, when she was younger, before she got fibro, when she was uh, very young, very much younger she used to be a snuggle bug and she, it didn't matter if it was 90 degrees or 29 degrees she wanted to be in your lap snuggling holding hands and so sometimes I wouldn't really have preferred to have her like all up in my business because I'm you know sweating like a pig but it was a decision because at that point in time her desire her want her need was more important to me and I decided okay you know normally i prefer not to have a 50 pound child on my lap but I'm making the decision to do that because I do want to now so it is okay to change your boundaries when you are doing it for a reason when you make that decision you think is this worth me tolerating discomfort is this something that is I I want to do or did you allow that boundary violation because you feared punishment for setting or changing your boundaries you you decided okay I'll tolerate it because I don't want this other person to get mad at me. Um, think of family reunions when especially when you were a kid and somebody would come up and pinch your cheeks or whatever they did at your family reunion did you allow the your boundary to be violated because you just didn't know what your boundaries were you knew it made you uncomfortable but you didn't even know what boundaries were and that it was okay to set them did you allow your boundary to be violated not because you were afraid of punishment But because you didn't know how to set it you didn't know how to say i really love you and it makes me uncomfortable when you get that close to me or i really love you or i like spending time with you and i like it when you hold my hand most of the time but right now it hurts you know assertiveness skills are just stating my thoughts wants and needs they're not more important or less important than yours they're just they just are these are my thoughts wants and needs. so telling somebody what your boundaries are a lot of times as I mentioned earlier people just don't understand they're violating your boundaries it's what they would want so they assume it's what you want and they don't think about you know well maybe that you want something else or a lack of problem-solving skills maybe you have the assertiveness skills but you're afraid that somebody is going to get angry and you're not sure how to solve the situation how to prevent it from happening in the future so there's a lot of reasons why your boundaries may be violated and it's important to think about those and say okay what can i do the next time if this happens start paying attention to what physical boundaries feel comfortable for you i know let's get back to boundaries 101. what feels comfortable for you when you are um on the bus when you are with your significant other when you are at the gym i mean a lot of our physical boundaries changed dramatically after uh, the pandemic and i still prefer to have a one machine between me and the next person if there are machines available if there aren't then you know I'll deal you know that situation I'm making the decision but if there are open machines I tend to get a little frustrated if somebody just comes and gets right on the one next to me um I'm talking cardio machines and you know they start breathing heavily as they're increasing their heart rate and I'm being exposed to all of their exhaled air and germs and whatever else so that's me you know I still like to have that social distancing Um, but it's important to know what feels comfortable for you and why that way you can make an informed decision about when you're going to change it if like I said if there are no other machines available I would rather be on a machine right next to somebody than have to sacrifice my workout that's my choice though it's not a violation it's a decision start paying attention to the physical boundaries of other people recognizing what makes somebody comfortable what makes somebody uncomfortable people whose main love language is physical touch tend to have um, much different physical boundaries than people whose love language is not physical touch paying attention to that what seems to be the boundary for these people and what may make it change as I mentioned a few minutes ago when my daughter's fibromyalgia acts up she has much different physical boundaries than when it's not acting up rehearse problem-solving skills Uh, if for example you're at the gym somebody gets on the machine next to you you don't like it what can you do you can move if you're in a social situation and somebody invades your boundaries then you can one option is to leave maybe not completely leave forever maybe you excuse yourself and go to the bathroom so you can get out of that uncomfortable situation or use assertiveness skills and communicate hey you know making me a little bit uncomfortable Can, can you please take a step back whatever works for you but rehearse it in your mind if you just expect well you know next time maybe I can say something well that sounds great but you need to practice it so when you get there you actually know you have the tools in practice not just in theory practice personal validation reminding yourself that you have a right to feel safe and to your personal space it's not um mean it's not um intentionally offensive to set boundaries if someone gets offended because you set boundaries you might think you know how did I set it did I try to do it assertively and nicely or was I nasty about it but if if you set boundaries assertively and they get offended that's their problem and it's important to recognize that their reaction to the situation is their business a boundary says these are my thoughts wants and needs and I'm going to set this here remember just like letting somebody into your house or how long you let them stay that if you let them in and they start tearing up your house or being belligerent you would probably ask them to leave or kick them out whatever you want to say you can do the same with boundaries in um in theory affective boundaries are your right to feel your feelings without judgment without judgment a lot of us uh have two weak boundaries we don't have an awareness of our own feelings we don't we don't know how we feel about stuff we just do we put one foot in front of the other we kind of operate on autopilot all the time or and we also may pr- have that inner critic that invalidates our feelings and tells us we're stupid for feeling a certain way or we shouldn't feel a certain way so affective boundaries are interesting because we can violate our own affective boundaries now think about that for a second if your affective boundaries are too rigid then you have difficulty with empathy it's difficult to understand situations understand how somebody else feels especially if you don't feel that way healthy boundaries healthy affective boundaries are the ability to identify and communicate your feelings and empathize with others without absorbing their feelings empathy is like meeting somebody who is stuck down in a cold dark well strapping on some repelling gear and going down there and you're experiencing experiencing it like they are you're experiencing the cold damp darkness the difference you've got that harness on you've got the repelling gear so when you're ready you can have your belay help you to get out you can get out of the well if your boundaries are too weak then you end up getting stuck down there you just kind of jump on in and you get stuck down there with the person what did you learn about affective boundaries from your past experiences many people especially those who are highly sensitive or who dysregulate easily have been invalidated repeatedly so many times they've learned it's not safe to tell people how I feel because they will minimize invalidate or make fun of me again I'll ask you to think of times this boundary's been violated why did you allow or tolerate it was it because you didn't even know what your feelings were you're like I don't know how I feel about this you lacked the assertiveness skills you know sometimes we have a feeling and somebody says well that feeling's stupid or you shouldn't feel that way and we don't have the assertiveness skills to say I'm sorry you disagree or well that's how I feel and and instead you think well maybe I shouldn't feel this way maybe I need to change how I feel or did you allow your affective or emotional boundaries to be violated because you felt feared rejection or being shoulded you shouldn't feel that way you shouldn't do this or if you're going to get all upset about that I don't want to spend time with you if that's if that's something that you care about then I don't want to spend time with you there are a lot of reasons we may hide how we feel about things and it's important to explore who is it that we're keeping locked outside of the house who is it that we're letting into the house and just but just into the living room and who is it that has free run free roam of our house we even give them a key and let them water our plants when we're gone you know the person who waters your plants when you're gone who has free roam is the person you have the most intimacy with affectively emotionally start paying attention to your feelings and reactions throughout the day become more mindful how do I feel when I see the sun burst through the clouds how do I feel oh my gosh we saw a groundhog when we went out to walk the dog today Um, how do you feel when you see those sorts of things or whatever things make you happy sad angry start paying attention to the feelings and reactions of others a lot of times we go through life on autopilot as I said we don't know how we feel or what we're thinking and we actually may not pay attention to what the majority of other people are feeling or thinking now there may be a few people in our life that we're hypersensitive to because we are either worried about rejection or worried about punishment or we just care and we've let them into our house but start paying attention just noticing how the people around you when you go to the grocery store just start noticing how people seem to feel some people will be irritable because you know the store is busy some people will seem happy just notice think about who it's safe to share your feelings with you can even make a list get curious about your feelings and reactions if you see something and it makes you happy get curious say what else makes me feel this way and how can I increase that in my life um, if it makes you feel angry or scared or depressed think where's that coming from and and we've talked before about how sensory things sight smells sounds things like that will trigger prior memories are you reacting to what's going on right now or is it reminding you of something um, you all know or a lot of you know that our our hound dog passed away a couple weeks ago and i saw a hound dog the other day and my feeling and reaction was one of melancholy kind of bittersweet it was a cute doggie but it reminded me of duke and the feelings and reactions I noticed that you know not all dogs make me feel that way and I noticed that or I know from prior experience that hound dogs won't make me feel that way forever but at this point in time my feeling was one of sorrow and get curious about the feelings and reactions of others you know why is it that this person seemed to get triggered by this what is it that makes my significant others happy now you're not expected to read their minds you're not expected to know what they want at all times but it can be helpful to notice you know pay attention what's their love language that's a real simple one practice personal validation reminding yourself every day that you have a right to your feelings just as others have a right to theirs that's the difficult part you have a right to feel your feelings and if other people don't feel the same way that's okay that those are their feelings cognitive boundaries are your right to to have your thoughts and perceptions without judgment from your inner critic or others so there's that daggum inner critic again if your cognitive boundaries are too weak you might not have an awareness of what your thoughts are what your wants are or even who you are if you've always done what everybody else told you to do instead of thinking what do I want to do what's important to me then you might have very weak cognitive boundaries if your cognitive boundaries are too rigid then you have difficulty taking other people's perspectives you don't want to hear what they have to say it's just you know you're right healthy boundaries allow you to identify communicate and maintain your thoughts and perceptions with others and still hear their thoughts and perceptions so you are able to tell people what you think in the appropriate setting at the appropriate time remembering that sharing an intimacy uh, cognitive intimacy even is going to be different with your close friends as opposed to somebody you're sitting next to on the bus what did you learn about cognitive boundaries from past experiences what have you learned about sharing your thoughts with other people is it safe is it not safe is it inspiring or is it discouraging think of times that your cognitive boundaries have been violated you somebody told you what to think? They told you what you were thinking was wrong, and this is what you needed to think. That's a cognitive boundary violation. Why did you tolerate it? Did you have a lack of awareness of your thoughts, your wants, or yourself? Sometimes people have been raised in environments where they've been told what to do for so long that they've just kind of shut off that part of themselves that says, these are my thoughts this is what I want because it was too painful to have that boundary consistently violated and not feel like they were able to be their authentic selves so did you tolerate it because you didn't even know what you wanted because you didn't have the assertiveness skills or because you feared rejection being shoulded or ridiculed this is very similar to affect when we share our feelings or our thoughts with other people we open ourselves up to rejection criticism or even ridicule if we're sharing them with people who aren't safe or if we're oversharing which is why boundaries are important when you first meet somebody you've never met them before you're most likely not going to say hey I've known you for all of five seconds why don't you come over to my house i'll make dinner and i'll give you a key you wouldn't do that i hope likewise a lot people's ability or your willingness to let people in across any of your boundaries is going to develop over time just like relationships do you're going to start out getting to know somebody and then maybe you invite them over for coffee so they're in your living room and after a few times of doing that you start to get to know them you get to trust them you've shared a little bit more about each other and then you're like okay maybe this person can water my plants while i'm out of town maybe i can trust them to do that but it takes time like with cognitive boundaries you're not going to meet somebody hopefully and tell them the first time you meet just like let me put everything out on the table and these are all my thoughts wants and needs and if you like them great if you don't tough tiddlywinks. most people would find that overwhelming yeah so you want to gradually develop those boundaries just like you gradually develop trust in letting somebody into your house start paying attention to your thoughts motivations and perceptions what do you think about movies what do you think about the construction what do you think about what's going on it doesn't mean you have to really comment on it but start paying more attention to yourself your inner dialogue start paying more attention to the thoughts motivations and perceptions of others what makes this person tick i wonder why they think this this way i wonder why they have this opinion attention to who it is safe to share your thoughts motivations and perceptions with and i should have also said appropriate but as i mentioned you're it's not appropriate to share some things with your boss that you would share with your significant other you know they're just certain thoughts that you have that you're not going to share with your boss uh, so who is it safe and appropriate to share which thoughts feelings and motivations with get curious about your feelings and reactions and your thoughts and motivations and those of others what would make somebody think this way what would make somebody have this opinion about xyz again in our current state of society you have to have a pretty good level of intimacy or a very strong self esteem and ability to handle um, rejection and criticism uh, from others when we start sharing too much about our thoughts and opinions on a lot of things. So it is important to consider who is safe to share things with. And I wish I didn't have to say that, but I recognize the reality of things. Um, there are some things that you're gonna put on Twitter, for example, that you're not or that you wouldn't put on Twitter that you might tell your best friend so it is important to recognize that but it's also important I think in order to get us back to a place where we can appreciate each other's opinions even if we don't agree to be willing to consider "Hmm, I wonder what makes this person have this opinion that's different from mine again practice personal validation reminding yourself that you have a right to your thoughts motivations and perceptions just as others have a right to theirs your experiences till now you know from the time you were born until now have shaped the way you perceive different things I grew up in a household where we were loud and there were really big um, animated movements so when I see that I feel right at home other people see that and they feel scared because in their world when people got loud and animated it indicated that tempers were getting ready to flare your perceptions are based on your past experiences and you have a right to your perceptions now you can challenge those perceptions again you can say all right I feel anxious or I feel threatened when people start getting loud and animated in this situation at this point in time am I safe or is it a threatening situation so you can start adjusting those you can decide whether you want to hold that boundary but or hold that perception but the concept of boundaries is that it's your decision whether you choose to alter your perception or you choose to hold on to your perception environmental boundaries are those things that involve your, your environment your stuff your space cleanliness smell as i said stuff your ownership your privacy this is mine this is i'm not this territorial but you know i could say this is my coffee mug nobody else uses my coffee mug um or privacy you know this is my diary nobody reads my diary Uh, and and those are things that are your environmental boundaries the presence of people or animals in your space this is also an environmental boundary um if you've watched the into the comments over the past you know couple of years you know that I run a pretty loosey-goosey household and our animals are allowed on the furniture I have a friend who is adamantly opposed to that it just drives him absolutely bananas Uh, when we're at his house I don't call his dog up onto the sofa I recognize that's his boundary that's his space and it's his environment when we're in my house you know the animals are allowed on the sofa now I respect his personal space so you know I I'm fine when he tells the dogs to get down so they're not like trying to get in his lap um same thing with my father-in-law he doesn't want the dogs in his lap um and he probably wouldn't allow them on the furniture but when he's at our house he recognizes that that's just what happens and but he can set and he does set boundaries by saying that's fine dogs can be on the sofa as long as they're not on my sofa as long as they're not on my lap and that's what we're talking about with um space that's with animals with people your environment you know who are you comfortable having in your environment if you don't want somebody in your house you don't necessarily have to have somebody in your house or maybe you can sequester yourself if you've got a bunch of people living in the house and one person doesn't get along with somebody else's friend that's coming over well then you got to figure out you got to problem solve because it's not fair to the other person to not be able to have their friends over but you you see where I'm going so everybody has their own space and depending on how big your space is each person's individual space may be larger or smaller and it also applies to your safety what makes you feel safe in your environment locking the doors closing the blinds opening the windows or closing the windows you know what is it that helps you feel safe and that's an environmental boundary I don't feel safe having the windows open at night you know that is an environmental boundary some people are great with it some people say well windows can be open as long as they're on the second story or higher okay that's fine that's an environmental boundary if your environmental boundaries are too weak people do whatever they want they come in they read your read your diary they go through your clothes they borrow your stuff without asking you know it's it's you don't feel like you have any respect in your environment if your environmental boundaries are too rigid then you have no flexibility it's like this is the way it is this never changes you come in this is how it is I don't care what conditions happen there's nothing that's going to make me change my mind healthy boundaries are your ability to modify and assert your boundaries as needed based on person context or preference <clears throat> when we used to go to my grandmother's house she had all kinds of little knickknacks all over the place and my my son was very very little at that point in time and she had boundaries but she also recognized that he was little so she would pick up a lot of her knickknacks and put them away so we wouldn't have that issue it was her space and she didn't want her knickknacks touched but she problem solved and she said well it's not really likely that a 18 month old two two two-year-old is going to be able to resist touching things so she would pick them up and put them away just like physical boundaries if you're putting up a boundary it can be helpful to explain why such as please ask before borrowing my sweater in case i had planned to wear it now you may just stop it please ask before borrowing my sweater You don't necessarily have to explain the rest of it if you assert your boundary nicely or don't touch because it's breakable or not yours older children can obviously understand this a little bit better if you want to let somebody in your environment don't expect mind reading you know if you know that somebody might be interested in wearing this new sweater that you have would you like to borrow my new sweater or if you want to give them space in your closet would you like to have space in the closet so they know that it's okay to start leaving their stuff in your closet what did you learn about environmental boundaries from your past experiences you know if you had a lot of siblings you may have not had a whole lot of choice in terms or an environment to have boundaries with so what did you learn about environmental boundaries in the past when you've allowed that boundary to be violated did you tolerate it out of decision did you say you know what i'm gonna let this one go you know i'm it's my decision to allow this this boundary to be violated this time recognizing once you allow that boundary to be violated once the person is going to think that it's okay to do that over and over and over again unless you tell them okay I really didn't like that I'm gonna let it go this once but please don't do that again you you can't uh, expect them to know that you didn't like it and don't want it done again unless you tell them did you allow it because of fear of punishment lack of awareness lack of assertiveness skills or lack of problem-solving skills start paying attention to what environmental boundaries feel comfortable for you and the environmental boundaries of other people one of the things that i've always found interesting is in the, the family that i grew up in um, if somebody needed something out of mother's purse they would go get something out of mother's purse uh that was not the way that my husband grew up and to this day we've been married for more than 20 years and if he needs something that's in my purse he'll bring my purse to me and he's like you get it and you know that's an environmental boundary and he's being very respectful even though I've told him repeatedly just go in there and get it whatever I'm not um but it doesn't he's not comfortable doing it okay fine no biggie I respect his boundary that you know that makes him uncomfortable Uh, rehearse problem solving or assertiveness skills how can you communicate about your boundaries and again practice personal validation reminding yourself that you have a right to feel safe and to your space even no matter how small that space is when I worked in residential treatment There were times where we had 80 people on the unit and we would have eight people in a room in four sets of bunk beds so there was very little personal space i mean they had the space that was like right around their bed and that was it but it was important that everybody respected especially during that time when they were crowded in like sardines everybody respected each person's personal space um, in order for people to feel safe and finally relationship boundaries these are your ability to be aware of and respond to your inner child your relationship with that young part of you have relationships with and exert time and energy and share as you see fit between self and others so have a relationship not only with your inner child that young part of you but also with your present day self you know it's important to have a relationship with you and also to have a relationship with other people so there's at least three relationships we're talking about here if your boundaries in these relationships are too weak often it's difficult to say no you know it's difficult to um set say I don't have the energy to do this right now you feel obligated to do things um and you may when relationship boundaries are too weak you may let uh, somebody else control who you're allowed to have relationships with boundaries that are too rigid you um mean that you demand others time and energy and you won't spend your time or energy on other people What did you learn about relationship boundaries from past experiences what did you learn about asking for help and saying no to things what did you learn about uh, your ability to have friends even if not all your friends liked all your other friends think of times the boundary has been violated why did you allow it or tolerate it did you make a conscious decision and say you know what okay you know I will quit hanging out with this person because it makes this person happier maybe maybe not uh did you do it because of fear of punishment for setting or changing boundaries did you allow your relationship boundary to be violated because you didn't know that you were being taken advantage of in the first place you didn't realize that they were using you did you allow it because of lack of assertiveness skills or lack of problem-solving skills start paying attention to what um, relationship boundaries feel comfortable for you and the relationship boundaries of other people when do they say no when do they ask for help how do they respond if they're too tired if they're too overwhelmed do they um say no how do they say no or do they say yes but then act very passive aggressive the whole time you know paying attention to those boundaries is important rehearse problem solving or assertiveness skills and practice personal validation a couple final tips for maintaining boundaries self-awareness of your thoughts wants and needs is going to be important to start becoming more mindful because until you know you know what you want until you know who you want to let into your house and how long you're comfortable with them staying you're going to have a hard time maintaining your boundaries if you're questioning your boundaries sometimes it can be useful to use that metaphor and think if this person was literally in my house would i tolerate this behavior if not that tells you that they probably need to go um and and so is this somebody that i'm comfortable having in in my house in my mental in my mental house so become more aware of your thoughts wants and needs and your motivations for allowing someone in or keeping them out are you allowing them in because you trust them and because they enhance your life or are you allowing them in because you're afraid of abandonment and you'd rather allow them in than nobody or are you allowing them in because you're afraid of the consequences and it just it feels unsafe either way got to figure that out self-esteem it's really important to start working on that because sometimes when you set boundaries people are not going to be happy and if you are allowing your boundaries to be violated because you rely on other people to tell you that you're okay then it's going to be a lot harder to maintain your boundaries once you start setting your boundaries and maintaining healthy boundaries and people know what to expect then things will be a lot smoother but you're still going to have the occasional new person who tries to cross your boundary and you're going to say "Uh, uh, no you don't cross the threshold you stay out for right now and they'll get offended or they won't be happy about it because they're used to violating people's boundaries and if you have a strong self-esteem then you're going to be more able to say i deserve to feel safe in my house and have my own thoughts wants and needs and if you don't like it tough tiddly winks, so to speak um, assertive communication is another skill that's going to be very important and remember assertiveness is saying these are my thoughts wants and needs and they matter not more than yours but also not less than yours this is what I'm going to put here on the line and you can put yours on the line but we're not going to let them cross each other's line I'm not going to let you tell me how to think or feel and I'm not going to tell you how to think or feel for example and distress tolerance skills it can be uncomfortable sometimes setting boundaries when people violate your boundaries especially whether they do it intentionally or unintentionally it can make you feel unsafe or uncomfortable and in order to respond assertively you need to get into that wise mind so distress tolerance skills can really help you take a breath and figure out what's going on make a mindful decision about how to handle it and then communicate assertively through secure attachments children learn what their boundaries are how to set and maintain them and cope with dissension or cope with it when people don't like what they do or what they have to say in our society of insecure attachment and autopilot many people have not learned mindfulness assertiveness distress tolerance or self-validation maintaining healthy boundaries is not always easy or pleasant but it will increase your sense of safety and connection both with yourself and with the world